Welcome to this episode of Boom Goddess Radio. I'm your host, Andrea Goldmarks, and I'm here with my co-host, Jennifer Davis-Page, and three women eager to talk about challenges and opportunities around relocating lives. So our guests are Cheryl Komai and Carol Jones, two members of Tucson's Newcomers Club, and Lois Berman, a busy realtor who moved here a bit ago as well and helps other with the all-important choosing process. Thank you for joining us, ladies. You're welcome. welcome. Great great to see you. Great to see you. So today we'll be having a conversation about change of place, moving, relocation, with a few people right here who have done that journey and including a realtor who helps others seeking a place to live the next chapter of their lives. And most of you know that as a psychologist, I'm really interested in the psychology of change and adjustment. And all changes affect the psyche and our self-concept and our well-being. And so with that, what do you think? Tell us your story. And let's start with you, Terrell. Well, I've moved a number of times. Um, I, when I was back, when I was 21, I moved to Mexico. That was a big move. And I lived in Guadalajara, Mexico for almost four years and found out that I really loved living in another country and learning about uh, the people and the culture and new things. And then we moved to California for one year, and then moved to Rhode Island for almost 40 years. Wow. So about a year and a half ago, we made the move from Rhode Island to Tucson. And I started about a year and a half to two years before we made the move researching what states would be best to live in, where we wanted to be, and started to sell our stuff. So researching became a really important part of your pre-move strategy. Just hold that thought for a minute. So, Carol. Yes. You moved from a much closer place than Rhode Island. Tell us a little bit about your beginning. Well, my husband and I decided that San Diego was just too congested, too overpriced. And we were looking around, saw the house online, and... We moved here, just like that. (laughs) It's very, just like that. You have a neat and clean story. Yes, yes, yes. And and Lois, how's how's your story about being here? Well, I am a realtor for many years. I've helped a lot of people navigate the relocation process. I myself moved from New York. I bought my home about 10 years ago. My husband immediately was on board. My older son decided to go to the University of Arizona. And we were visiting him from cross country until a fellow realtor of mine, my broker owner that lives in New York, had a place in the highlands of Dove Mountain. 
we were visiting my son at the same time, and she said, come see the mountains turn pink, come have a drink. <laughs> and we did, and my husband's wheels started turning. He originally said, I'd like to buy a house here. I'm tired of the winters. I can work from anywhere. So that's what we did. It's beautiful when it's so, when it, when things fall together, like you have a child who's going to go to school in such yes. an amazing place as yes. Tucson. He um, graduated. He's still, my older son is living in Arizona, which is great. My youngest son decided to follow in his footsteps, also attended the University of Arizona. So we did buy a house here. My husband was an Arizona resident, and I remained a New York resident for three years, because I personally was not ready. Ah, we were, we're yes. going to come back and visit that yes. issue of readiness. Yes. Yeah. How do you know you're ready? I did recently move my parents from Florida to Arizona because of health reasons, and they were getting older. So I have a lot of experience, personal experience as well. Wow. Yeah. And how did the older parents adjust? I think they needed some help. They weren't totally on board. It was amazing that I got them here. My dad has since passed away. I had some challenges with him being in an Alzheimer's facility. He uh, was not doing well. My mom is still in an independent living and really thriving now. So, wow, wow. Glad to have them close. And Cheryl, you were saying something really important about readiness earlier. Yes, I, when I looked at my future in Rhode Island, I saw that I would have to work until the day I died to pay off our mortgage. And I realized that's not how the way I wanted to spend the last years of my life. So I started talking to my husband about relocation. He did never did not want to move. He does not like change. He loved our house, which was beautiful and was in the country on seven acres with water. He helped build it, and I understand, you know, the um, the connection. But when you get into your seventies, cutting wood every day and mm -hmm. raking leaves mm -hmm. and snow blowing, it I look ahead. So that's why I started a year and a half into researching states that were affordable, states that had sun, states that had <laughs> other things, you know, to do. And Arizona came up on all of those lists. And previously, my husband and I had, on a whim, uh, bought a bed and breakfast outside of Phoenix in Cave Creek with a bunch of friends. And that was eight or nine years ago. Um, and we did a lot of work on it. And um, Nick got used to the desert and actually found that he really liked it a lot. So it took me about two years to uh, kind of, con he was never convinced. Let's just put it that way. He, he was not convinced, but he understood the rationale and the reasons behind it. And I said, this date we're going to move. <laughs> so, you know. So is we, he happy now? Is he happy down here in uh, Arizona or is he still adjusting? 
he should be working for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> he plays Willie Nelson's Living in the Promised Land every day at cocktail time. He loves it. I, I call it the Promised Land as no. well for other reasons. Carol, you were talking also about that financial pressure, yes. which motivates so many people to you know, change their lifestyle and change their lives. What's, how was it for you? Well, like Cheryl said, you figure it out that you can't keep doing what you were doing with the money. Now, the money's different since you retired. And it's, right. you have to figure it out. And uh, for us, it wasn't hard at all. And now our grandson is today moving into the U of A. And so everybody's coming this way. My younger sister lives here. My older sister will be moving here tomorrow. Wow. So everybody's going to have her on <laughs> in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so the reason for all three of you to relocate, was it weather? I know you, uh, you were in Rhode Island. You were in New York. San was Diego. It, was it, what, San Di oh, San Diego is beautiful weather. Yeah, I was in New York. You, okay, so was weather a factor for you? Having wonderful weather all the time a, a factor? It helped to finally make my decision, yes. After being in New York by myself, when everybody was located in Arizona, mm -hmm. I said, why am I here? My husband, after he was here, never wanted to go back to New York. So it became more important for me to make the trip here to be with my family. And finally, I said, I think it's time. You know, you had said that you weren't ready at the time. And like we were just talking about readiness with Cheryl. Talk about getting ready and, and the resistance to being ready. Yeah, so I was a realtor in New York. I had a thriving business. My husband was able to work from anywhere. He had a home office. So I continued to work. My younger son was still in high school, so he was with me. So that was another reason that you weren't yes. ready. Uh, when he finally went to the U of A, I was working by myself. I had a large home, paying expensive taxes, expenses mm -hmm. to carry the mm -hmm. home in a cold-weather climate. And I just was not sure that I ever wanted to leave New York. I never did. As time went on and everybody was here, including my cat, I realized <laughs> I think I need to spend a little bit more time here than just a week at a time to really see if it's something that I could adjust to. And coming to the Highlands of Dove Mountain, everybody was so friendly and there were many people that were retired, although my husband and I are enjoying the lifestyle without being retired. And I finally decided that I am ready to close my business. And I thought I was out of real estate completely. And then it just came back to me. I just love helping people make the move. It's so interesting how much of a process, Cheryl, as you know, the great testament to researching for yes. you know a year and a half and yet researching has become so you know such a snap clean thing that carol looked online there it was <laughs> saw the perfect house yes uh-huh and the perfect price yeah compared to san diego prices yeah, yeah. a lot of californians are moving next door oh, because yeah. it's just um the real estate, as we all know, in California is through the roof. Oh, so yes. a lot of Californians are making decision to move to their next door mm -hmm. neighbor, Arizona. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Guadalajara for four years, and I saw what fabulous weather 
was like. Mm -hmm. And when I was and you there, were young. and I was, you know, 21 years old. And when I was there, I said, someday I want to have bougainvillea in a yard and have sun all the time. Mm -hmm. And now I do, and it, it is wonderful. And in terms of research, not just researching what states, because I wanted to give my husband all the facts and figures, I sat down with financial advisors um, and said, how much money do I need? How much, what do I have in retirement? How can we do this? I did budgets, looked at what I could afford, and then I sat down with my husband, who doesn't do any of that, and showed him the numbers, and it made sense. You you should be in that business. I know. You should be in the I business know. of helping people relocate, because when <laughs> I moved down here, I did no research. All I knew was there, I could wear sandals on Christmas Day. And that that was, so that was... But the, it still worked out. Yeah. So Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Now that we've moved, we've moved to a new city, we've got a great place to live, everybody's happy. What's the next line of concerns for you? Was it doctors? Was it finding... What else did you need to find? Did you do the research on doctors and all that before you came down? Or did you wait until you got down here and talk to other people about the best doctors, the best... Uh, when I got here, it was one of the first things I looked at, and it was pretty depressing because every doctor I looked at wasn't taking new patients. Mm -hmm. So then you have to research to find doctors who take new patients. So I went through one doctor before I found one. I did the same thing for my husband. But um, so that was important, but more important for me was a social life. Right. I wanted to have access. I, you know, I like to be active. So, so let's me, let's have a quick it. little break and come mm -hmm. back and start with both of those things, both putting together a support system for our health and putting together a support system in general. We'll be back in a second. Cheryl Komai, Carol Jones, newcomers both, and Lois, an old hand, actually been here for, you know, 10 years, right? We purchased here 10 years. I personally have living here per been living here permanently for seven. Right. And a realtor. She yes. brought her. She brought her profession with her, which is <laughs> yes. another part of the conversation. So talking about the kinds of relationships both with doctors and with friendships and social life. How do we navigate that when we arrive? Again, Cheryl, you did a lot of research, and, and it was tough. It was really hard to find exactly what you needed. What happened with you, Carol? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. We were in the same boat, basically. 
You know, we didn't know anybody. We are good friends with our neighbors now. Across the street next door, we've been partying with them and them over to our house. But the doctor situation was kind of tough because, like Cheryl said, they weren't taking new patients. And uh, we finally found the doctors that we like, which is good, you know. And I've had surgery since we've been here. I found a great orthopedic surgeon. And everybody's been great. I mean, our neighbor is a dentist, so we go to him. And um, it's been great, really, except for the first, the doctor part. That was a little iffy. Interesting. For listeners that are trying to find out exactly (laughs) if they decide to relocate about doctors, how did you go about looking for doctors? Was it word of mouth? Did you talk to neighbors or what? No, I just went in, Googled, you know, what I needed and called and finally found one that was taking new patients. All right. And then you went to see him and you were... Went to see her. Her and you interviewed her and okay. Yeah. Because interviewing doctors was important to me. Yes. And I had gotten a a reference uh, from a woman that I met and she had been with her doctor for a very long time and she thought that she was amazing. So, and she was taking new patients. So I was lucky. So, so that really speaks to moving to a new place. You have to talk to everyone. I mean, we all have the opportunity at this point to Google and to, and to learn what's up, but there's nothing that really takes the place of interviewing almost everybody that you meet. I mean, it could be, you know, you could see somebody who has, has recently had surgery. Let's say they've got a cast on their arm and you're like, okay, you know, who's your doctor? What I found coming from New York, a lot of people thought that New York had the best doctors. So I really wasn't sure how I would go about researching doctors here. I think my biggest challenge was finding doctors that were on my health insurance plan. That's another factor. Mm -hmm. I also did speak to a lot of people uh, through the Newcomers Club, I guess, is a great resource. Next Door has continuing conversations. And that's all over the country. Yes. Mm So I think by word of mouth, it's really the best way to find a doctor. You personally have to see that doctor to see if you click. But there are a lot of good doctors here. I also did have surgery after a broken ankle. I had no idea who the doctor was, and he turned out to be excellent. And now I always refer this gentleman. So word of mouth is really Mm -hmm. the best way. Tell me about the Newcomers Club. Did you, was it a club that was in in existence when you arrived? Or did you start it? Newcomers Club has been in existence in Tucson for 50 years. It's all over the country. I didn't know anything about it. Oh, so it's a national group. Oh, yes. And uh, when I came here, friends of mine from Rhode Island, her parents live here. And what she told me was the first thing you should do is join Newcomers Club. She said, I did that, and it was great. I, for about you know, did it for I don't know how many years. And you don't have to be a newcomer to join Newcomers Club. They'll take anybody. (laughs) So I wanted to learn. I wanted to hike. So I joined Newcomers Club. I went on the first hike, you know, the first and met some people there. And then I started going to their breakfasts Mm -hmm. and then some of their luncheons. And I just started going to things and found that 450 women are in the newcomers club i think there might be one or two men but they have a wide wide range of activities and i just happened to open my mouth at one of them about their charitable outreach and i was on the committee 
Uh, now I'm the chair of the committee and on the board of directors. Nothing I expected, but I've met some wonderful, wonderful women through that. And you can do absolutely anything from hiking to movies to uh, museums, uh, all There's a kinds group of for card everything. games. There is a group for absolutely everything. So, And I've gotten other people that have come here in the pool. When I do water roll, I tell them, if they're new, join Newcomers Club. And how did you find out, Carol? Well, I joined the, my husband and I joined the community center, and that's where I met Cheryl, in aqua aerobics. So, that, and I thought she'd been here forever because she knows everybody <laughs> in the pool. And, um, <laughs> you know, she does. And, and everyone is so nice here. Water, water is a great lubricant, too, <laughs> you know, for meeting people, right? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got somebody next to you yep. walking around mm -hmm. in uh -huh. the pool, and that's so cool. My feeling is being a friendly person, it's very easy to meet people. Mm -hmm. Yes. You need to get out there and seek the people that are like yourself. There's something for everybody to do here, from playing cards to swimming to hiking, and I find that everybody is extremely friendly. Unlike New York, where people have lived for 30 <laughs> years at a time, here people are much more transient, so people are more open to meeting new people. Yeah. yeah. And I think mm -hmm. everybody has been so welcoming. I myself, as a realtor, look to... Uh, meet other people and introduce them to people like themselves. And I just find it fascinating how certain people just click immediately. And, you know, you as well as Cheryl carried your profession into your new location. Mm -hmm. Cheryl was a fundraiser. A fundraising consultant. And mm -hmm. I kept one of my clients in Connecticut and I'm still working with them and will probably work until November. So, you know, it was perfect and you know keeping one client uh, brought in enough money for me to play and do things that I want to do and travel around and fix up the house and um, then I had time to develop a social life and new activities and things I always wanted to do. How about learning the city was that did you find that to be difficult I mean you yes learning to get around and where the closest this was the closest that was yes. how did you how did you, did because, you just get in the car and just drive around? No, you have to get the Waze app. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You have to. Because there's not a lot of big signage here. Right. Like there is in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And you drive right past everything the first couple of times. So we had to get the app, which is fine. Now it's, it's no problem at all. Right. Yeah. Right. Having a navigation system certainly helps. Oh, that absolutely I would purposely helps. go a wrong way so it would mm -hmm. redirect me, mm -hmm. and that's how I became a lot more familiar with the area. Yeah. I, I called OnStar, and I told them, I said, I just moved to a new city, so I'm going to be on the phone with you every day. OnStar. Uh -huh. Okay. Yes, OnStar. I'm going to be on the phone with you every day. So what they did was they, I, they put my address in the system, of course, and then all I had to do was say, get in the car and say, take me home. Wherever it is in the city I was, all I had to do was say, take me home, and it took me home. So I was really the village idiot. I, I just, when you live in large cities like New York mm -hmm. and Chicago, you, you know, you get around, you know how to get around, but I didn't know when I moved down here that I was 10 miles from the closest um, quart of milk. Mm. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was a completely different kind of explorer. I just decided I was going to go on all the roads that I could find and see what was there. And so we have mountain ranges that are diagonal. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. Nothing is like sharply north, mm-hmm. south, <laughs> east, and west. And then initially all the mountain ranges look the same mm-hmm. until you really get to know them. Mm-hmm. And so then you really begin to locate yourself on the basis of those large land masses. Of course, there aren't that many major routes. Like I'm also from New York. There's always a major route that goes somewhere. But here there's only a major route (laughs) that goes from California, L.A., on a diagonal (laughs) to El Paso, Texas. And so east and south um, get blended on those signage. So you really have to, you know, we're very lucky now. We have our GPSs. Yes. And after yeah. a while, like anything else. Yeah. In Tucson, we don't have a lot of highways. So since I've been here, I have seen so many roads be expanded mm-hmm. and so many changes going on with the um, different roads becoming wider just to make it easier to travel around Tucson. It's really, I see a lot of improvements. To each of you, what is the one or two things that you miss in your old city that you don't have here? I miss the food. Say more. Pizza. Um, Pizza. Here you do have good food, but you do need to travel for it. Mm -hmm. There, every shopping center within one mile from your house had a good pizza store, Mm -hmm. a good bagel store, a good Mm -hmm. Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. Doctors everywhere within a mile. So it was just a lot more convenient. Here, the food choices are getting better, and I'm okay with not having a fresh bagel every day or a (laughs) slice of pizza. Yeah, I don't know. You don't sound like a New Yorker to me. I still still miss being able to go to the bagel store and getting bagels, and I, I still miss that. What about you from San Diego? Um, what do I miss? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I miss anything. Oh, that's wonderful. My family is still there, mm-hmm. but we see them all the time. They were here for Christmas, mm-hmm. and we were over there for graduations and things like that. But I don't miss $5 a gallon for gas. Okay. And I don't miss the traffic. I don't miss the graffiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at San Diego, it was time to get out. Mm, yeah, that's another whole thing to consider. What about Rhode Island? What do you miss? Do you oh, miss I miss any? my friends, certainly. Mm-hmm. I had some very, very good women friends, and I still try to see them or get them to come here, and I miss the ocean. I love the ocean, mm-hmm. and in Rhode Island, you have beautiful beaches and really easy access to the ocean, but, you know, I can go visit. <laughs> and I would ask you, Jennifer, what do you miss being here? I know you don't miss the snow. No, I don't miss the snow, but I, um, food, you know, I, I moved down here from Chicago. I lived in Chicago for a, a long time. So the food there to me is incredible. So I do miss that. I had a very hard time finding good Chinese food when I first yes. came. <laughs> that was a real challenge and it still is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, Good steakhouses. So Chicago was just, um, and I miss the water too. I li- I lived on the on Lake Michigan, so I miss, I miss the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, I retired from Amtrak and I get on the train free. So anytime I want to <laughs> do that, I can just go down to the station and stick my thumb out, and a train <laughs> will pick me up and take me <laughs> take me back to Chicago. So the advantage was that I can get back and forth as often as I need to. 
I'll agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming from New York, and I was on Long Island in the later years, and so it's an island, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of take water mm-hmm. for granted. Mm-hmm. But I felt all the time, like as a psychologist, I would see couples, and then after they would have a session, I could refer them to a, a very close, elegant restaurant within, you know, like right. across the street. Right. I felt right. like I lived in a food court. Mm-hmm. So here kind of shifted a lot to cooking more, mm-hmm. exactly what we need. And that coincided mm-hmm. also with being a little bit older and more experienced uh, mm-hmm. and the necessity for really cooking good, healthy food ourselves. I didn't know. What about javelinas and snakes and all mm-hmm. the desert creatures? <laughs> did you study? Did you? Was that in your list of things to find when you did your research? I expected them. I knew that they were here. My husband is deathly afraid of snakes. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing he did was doubly snake-proof our yard (laughs) and uh, that. But no, I mean, we had coyotes in Rhode Island. We had turkeys walking around. We had had, animals everywhere. That's not going to change where I want to live. They didn't come to Manhattan or downtown Chicago. They didn't. Uh, the Wait coyotes, a second. Coyotes Wait a didn't second. come down. There were coyotes in Central Park. Mm. Were there? Yes. I never I saw any. There was a big oh, fuss wow. about it, too, until we all got used to them. <laughs> <laughs> but they were they were not like the coyotes here who really, you know, fluffy and, mm-hmm. and healthy looking. They were kind of scrawny looking, <laughs> and you could easily confuse them with a the dog. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that you could really get used to it. I think that we've all experienced seeing these mm-hmm. animals and we just have to be aware of our surroundings right. and know what we can do mm-hmm. and can't do. Most of the time they say the animals we hear way before we were here. Absolutely. So this is their desert mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. where they live and just be vigilant of what's going on around yeah. you. Yeah, I think well, that was one of the biggest things that I learned after spraining my ankle as well was to look down. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Which is something yes. I realized that I never did. Mm-hmm. I was just always had mm-hmm. my eye on the prize mm-hmm. and I was moving <laughs> forward. And now both combination of age and the kinds of things that you could accidentally not see if yes. you're not looking. Let's really. take a quick break, Dr. Andrea, and we'll be back with our guest in just a minute. back to Boom Goddess Radio. This is Jennifer Davis-Page in studio today with my co-host, Dr. Andrea uh, Gould-Marks. And we also have three amazing women that have that are visiting with us in studio today. It's, it's Lois, Carol, and Cheryl are with us this afternoon. Um, we're going to continue to talk about relocation. The fun thing about um, relocation for me was kind of getting away from the cold weather as we as we talked about can you tell me did you, was it an issue with family um your your kids 
having you move away, was that no. an issue at all? No, not for me, not for my husband. Okay. I mean, they're older, and like I said, our grandson is today moving into the U of A. Okay. And um, so their lives were, we didn't see them a lot. All right. Yeah. You know, they were so busy doing other things. And it, we told them, and there was a couple of tears, but everybody's, they've all been here. They're going to be here next month. And and what about the holidays? Oh, the, the, talk about the first Christmas and Thanksgiving. How is it? Was that hard? Was everybody down here with you? Everybody was here Okay, for me. And we put them up at a hotel, and everyone was here. And then this coming Thanksgiving, we're going to stay here. And then at Christmas, we will go over to San Diego okay. and be with everybody. Okay. So it's it's not like it's that far for us. Right. And what about you? Well, one daughter has been in San Diego for a number of years. So our granddaughters were born there, and now they're 12. So we saw them whenever they could get to the East Coast. Our other granddaughter um, and her family moved to the San Francisco area about four years ago. So, you know, we're closer. But that doesn't mean anything because kids are busy. And mm -hmm. so the first Christmas, which was this past one, we had at our house and everybody came here. And this Christmas, we're either going to be here or in San Diego. So we always get together at the holidays. Those are very fortunate. And Lois, what about you? I'm very lucky that my kids were here before I was mm -hmm. and they've remained. My oldest son lives in Phoenix. My youngest son lives in Tempe. So most of the larger holidays, I do it in my own home. I have had aunts from San Diego join us. I have cousins that live in California. I have a first cousin that has moved to my community since I've been there. So we actually have quite a bit of family living closer to us here than lived in New York to us. As a realtor, um, do you suggest, and I know it depends on how a person's lifestyle is, but do you suggest when moving to a new city to rent or to buy right away as a realtor? What would you suggest? I think it really depends on what you're looking to accomplish. For some people that are not really sure as where they really want to be, renting is probably the best choice so you don't get stuck being right. in a certain right. spot. But it really matters. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I didn't know if I was going to like Tucson. I had never been here. That's a whole other story. I didn't know. So I rented because I wanted to be able to, to get out anytime I wanted to get out. Now, I've been here six years now. and um, But I still, I'm kind of jealous about you going to Guadalajara at 21 years old. Because I've always wanted to live in a foreign country. Yes. And... And at this age, I still would like to spend a year in Europe, mm -hmm. you know. And so, so Me I'm too. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got. So I don't know. You pack up your teacup and just go at, at some That's point, it. you know. Well, it's mm -hmm. important. I mean, just as we're talking about aging, that we really get clear on our visions because if we don't envision, like you envision the bougainvillea, if we don't trust that vision, then we don't get there. Yes. So, you know, the question of the timeline for doing things, making choices, and really mm -hmm. seeing to it that we at least don't have regrets 
about things that, you know, we kind of lose track of time and so we don't act. So that's great, you know. So to know what you're looking to do is the first step in getting there for sure. But do you become, as a psychologist, do you become fearful as you get older? I mean, you were 21 going to Mexico. Do you, do you feel fearful as you get older on making a major change like moving to Europe? Well, you mean like being like an expat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I I think sometimes the motivation becomes stronger. The question is place. Mm -hmm. There are many expat communities, especially in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, San Miguel de Allende is one that is, you know, I mean, there's so many resources for expats if you're really thinking of leaving. And then there's also the issue of you know, the kinds of things that you might do and then not be able to do later on. Mm -hmm. So you want to kind of get that travel done in the, or or even the living experiment in relative, you know, youthfulness or certainly the ability Mm -hmm. to walk. I hear a lot of people complaining about cobblestones Mm -hmm. becoming Mm -hmm. really important. Yes, Yes, because, you know, Europe is not ADA certified. Right. You know, so so there's that you, you do walk. And right. there's not elevators, there's stairs, and there's no right. escalators, there's that's stairs. Right. So that's right. That's so you want to do it before you get compromised in any, you know, in yes. any way. Um, I want to go back to the conversation that we started to have a little bit about um, reinventing ourselves in a whole new place. It sounds like, Carol, you had, you know, your, you and your husband had a lot of agreement about that, and and... You, Lois, insisted mm-hmm. upon holding on to your profession before you moved here. Right. Can you say a little bit more about that? And then how did it develop that you, you know, what did you have to do to get ready or certified or accepted to be in a profession like real estate across state lines? Yeah, so my biggest fear was not being able to practice real estate. It was not reciprocal, so I needed to get me licensed. We were still younger, so we didn't have uh, insurance. My husband works independently as well. So I had taken a full-time job when I moved here permanently to take insurance. My children were also, one was under 26 Oh, to get insured. Yes. So I thought that I was done with real estate. Let me get a full-time job. I had elderly parents. My dad was starting to get dementia. I was running back and forth to Florida a lot. And I just said to myself, I don't think I can do this anymore. I need to get a job that gives me more freedom where I don't have to account for my hours. So after a while, I did leave my job. I got licensed as a realtor in Arizona. And how long did that take? It was a 90-hour class. I was a broker in New York. I had gone through numerous trainings to become different designations. That stuck with me, but I did need to get licensed. It was a 90-hour class. So it took some a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had to be a little bit patient, right? You, yes. You couldn't just transfer yes. over. And in your situation, Cheryl, as a fundraiser in Rhode Island, How did you segue into where you just said that you are now, which is the on the board and chairwoman of fundraising for your newcomers club? How'd that develop? 
it just developed because I had the experience and I saw what they were doing in fundraising and I thought of new and more exciting ideas that they could implement. And so they said, get on the committee and the rest is history. Right. And in terms of fundraising, I didn't have to do anything. Uh, when I first came here, I thought that I would look for other clients. So I, you know, I joined the Association of Fundraising Professionals, but I only went to one meeting and the thought of doing all the work to find new clients exhausted me. So I've just kept my one client from Connecticut and um, in November when that contract ends, I'm going to try living on retirement and Social Security. And if I need to go back to work. I can always do grant writing, event planning, consulting, but I don't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a change also, mm -hmm. right? From being so used to working and using yourself in certain ways. And then there comes a time where you're just looking for a different kind of change. Yes. Yeah. How I do you also, think you'd feel about doing nothing? Are you looking at, am I hearing you say you'd like to just do nothing right? Oh, no, I'm not, November, doing, I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to, wa I'm okay. going to water aerobics six days a week. <laughs> okay. I'm doing newcomers stuff. I'm uh, helping uh, a non couple of nonprofits on the side. I play cards. I play, I, I go to movies. I travel with people I've met here. I'm extremely busy. It sounds like you're going to stay yeah. extremely busy. Okay. I'm meeting a lot of retired people that never realized they had talents like they have. People have become artists. Mm -hmm. They do exercises or hobbies that they never imagined doing before. Golfing is very big out here. So I think that it's very easy to reinvent yourself. Yes. Well, yes. And having the vision of what that reinvention is going to include. Now, Carol, are you... Uh, had you worked before in San Diego? I did work in San Diego. What and then when, once I got, I was a legal secretary. Mm -hmm. And then once I got married, I didn't work anymore. And that was a big change. I do mean, you remember that? Oh, yes. I said to my husband, well, what am I supposed to do today? He says, go shopping. And I go, what do you need? <laughs> I don't need anything. I said, well, what am I supposed to do all day? <laughs> but then, you know, took care of my stepkids, picked them up from school, did that, you know, the to play soccer and basketball and things like that. So I was busy just mothering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that takes a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. It's a real deal job. There were times when I thought, I wish I could go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any of those feelings now, going back to work? No. No. <laughs> no. What for? Right. <laughs> no. What about the issue of identity? Sometimes people, when they move to a new place... The identity is fluid. Our identities are fluid, and we're often defined by, are we married? Are we partnered? Do we work? If so, what kind of work do we do? Any issues around or any feelings around identity as you moved into your new life, Lois? When I lived in New York, I pretty much raised my children in the same home. So I think I was known as their parent, although I did meet so many friends through my children. When I came to Arizona, it was up to me to find my friends and the people that I wanted to associate with. 
I also spent a lot of time by myself in my career in New York when my husband was active on the board for baseball and one son did travel hockey and another son did something else. Here I find that we spend a lot more time together with it, which is an adjustment for us. We don't have those outside factors that have separated mm-hmm. us. So it is a change in that regard as well, that's to spend more time very, together. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really big change. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about partnership at this stage of life. Radio, and we're in our final quarter here, and we are here with my co-hosts, Jennifer Davis-Page, Cheryl Komai, Carol Jones, and Lois Berman, and I'm Andrea Gould-Marks. So we were talking just before the break about how life changes when we move to a new place and we have a partner. So how was it for you? You've described a bit of differences between your husband and yourself, what you enjoy and what and what it's like. And so how was his adjustment? I think for him it was easier than expected. Mm-hmm. I've always been independent. I've always done whatever I wanted. We both worked at home for a number of years, so I was used to having him around. But I had said, I'm going to do things. You're welcome to join me. If you don't, I'm going to do them. So I got him to join water aerobics, which is something he would never have considered before. And he actually met, we have our closest friends that we met out of water aerobics. Now, he doesn't do water aerobics. He talks to the other men. <laughs> but they've developed a group of men out of there, five or six men, who actually get together for dinners. One of the men makes the dinner and they are doing things. This is a beautiful That's thing. Wonderful. It was yes. really amazing. And he writes a political blog for a number of his friends, so that keeps him active. And he's just gone through CASA training, uh, the court um, advocate uh, program. And um, he's just taken on being the um, campaign manager for uh, Dr. Perez, who was running for representative in our district for the House in Arizona. So he's going to be more than busy. Wow. And he loves it here. We have a dog who he adores. So we're each doing our own thing, and we still do a lot of things together. We hear we go to music, which we never did before. We're at the gaslight all the time. And so we've done, so we've developed a nice group of friends with a wide variety of interests and we've traveled with some of them and want to see the state so it's I think it's been wonderful for both of us wow that's a wonderful thing that's a great description and Carol how is it for you and your husband well I found that we spend more time together I mean we go to the farmer's market we we go to the art 
everywhere. And um, it's been very nice. My husband really likes it here. We just look at, sit in our yard, look at the mountains every night. And, oh, I love this. I love this. Which is <laughs> great, you know. Paradise. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. right, right. My husband thinks that he found paradise when he came to Arizona. <laughs> he loves it here. And does he work? Yes, he does technical analysis. He has his own clients from New York that have been with him, and he works out of the house. He's done at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at this time, so he does get to participate in many activities that retired people do. So he's very happy to be able to join some of the fun. He originally started telling me that I should do the things that he does, and I've tried some of them and then realized it's not for me. It took him a while to realize that he can do his thing, I can do my thing, and we do do a lot of things together. We have season tickets to the Wildcats game. We love Tucson for the basketball. We go to Tucson on Broadway, which is a lot of fun. So we do find that we have a lot of similar interests, but we do have to go our own way at times as well. Yeah. Well, I think all of you will be pleased to know that Tucson has, has really grown in this past year, 11,570 people have moved to Tucson in the last year. Oh, wow, that yeah. is some statistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that in general, the migration pattern has been to the south. And now it looks like it's to the south and to the west. And this is these are very good stories because very often in retirement, and I know you and your husband are not retirement age yet, Lois, but in retirement, I often heard um, women particularly complaining that their husbands were hanging around the house mm -hmm. and expecting to be catered to or expecting to be taken care of. And it's really heartening to hear that the people in this room are not are not suffering through that experience. Many of many people in my practice had actually even <coughs> experienced depression after after retirement. One, because they've sacrificed their own career, but very often it's also the change in relationship until that gets worked out where you can find each other again. I find that as long as the two of you are healthy, it becomes a lot easier to be here. As your health starts to deteriorate, then you might have to consider other options. What do you mean by that, other options? Maybe go closer to your family okay. if they don't live nearby. Um, do different types of therapies that maybe take more time out of your day. Just do things that are easier for you to do. You might not be able to continue on with the same lifestyle as oh, you have. Oh, for had sure. Okay, yes, right. Yeah, life does change. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the sweet spot of life in between, in between yeah. working full-time yeah. and then... Yeah having the choice of how much you want to yeah. do and you don't have to do. But there is yet another location issue. Yeah, It is a lot easier to make a move when you're healthy versus when you're not. So it can be difficult at times for people to decide that. So in your role as a realtor in an over an, in, in an over 50 active adult community, what do you see 
when people need to move into the next level, let's say, of care, what are some of the options that you've seen? Are there people that are aging in place? What kinds of adjustments need to happen to their homes? What do they go through when they need to find a whole new way of living? What's your experience, Lois? I have a team of professionals that I look for if I do need to move people out of state There are people that do remain in their homes with 24-hour care. I always thought living in an active adult community, this would be your final place, but I'm finding that it's an active adult community when you can't do it any longer. Sometimes people need to go into a different type of facility. Uh, If you have memory problems, you might need to go to a memory care. Sometimes active adult living People just have more difficulty getting around. They might go into an independent living. When that fails, Mm -hmm. they might need a little bit more assistance and go to assisted living. Sometimes, many times, I'm finding that the people that are having a harder time coping are being forced back to their children in another state. Right. That's a horrible thought. Yes. Mm -hmm. That can be a horrible (laughs) thought, I should say, because there's a lot of, I've met a lot of women and men that going to live with their adult children is something they absolutely do not want to do. Well, Um, I thought about that, you know, I obviously am a planner. Um, (laughs) You showed your your, your your colors. So before I, before I moved here, I had some, you know, specifications. We were going to have a house that had one floor. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't, you know, no place has a, a, attic or a basement Mm -hmm. so and when I had some renovations done in our bathroom I made sure that we had um, you know handicap Mm -hmm. um, accessible accessible put into there and so I looked at all of those things and then I purchased maybe two years ago long-term health care which was outrageously expensive at our age but I wanted to stay in our house as long as possible and not Mm -hmm. burden Mm -hmm. our children. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's our one big expense every year that I look at. I've got to pay that because Mm -hmm. that can keep you out of a assisted living or nursing home as long as possible. Yes. And that's a whole nother podcast for, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole nother. Mm -hmm. And and I can direct Mm -hmm. your attention to our Boom Goddess um, Facebook page, where one of our consultants, one of our correspondents, Sharon Willen, has really done some of the statistical research. She's very interested in aging in place. And so what she did is um, check out the research on the costs of everything. And so there's part one of her Aging in Place article. I posted it this morning. So if anybody is interested, yeah, you can take a a look at that. But Aging in Place is the next next horizon. I personally went through that with my parents. They did not want to move from Florida. But after going back and forth for so many years, I needed to say it's time that you come closer to me. I knew that I wasn't able to have them in my home, but they did move closer within 20 minutes away, which made my life a lot easier. Absolutely. Well, like what Cheryl was saying, that she just bought the long-term health care. My husband and I have had it for at least 20 years. Um, We've been paying for it for 20 years, but we want to stay in our home, period. And that's what my father-in-law did. He wanted to stay home. 
And uh, so we, we've been paying for it too, but it's, it's going to be worth it. One of the oh, things that I go. noticed is I, I have it for at least maybe 12 years, long-term care insurance. And all of a sudden last year, they, ha they said, if you want to keep it as it is, you have to double your premium or more, more than double the premium, or we can cut the benefits. What would you prefer? So at this point, Ooh. I decided to cut, cut the, the benefit, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's kind of an unstable insurance policy, or so it seems, mm -hmm. the long-term care. Nevertheless, there's a lot of other things that we've talked about in terms of envisioning, which is something that nobody really wants to do, but envisioning a future that is neither living in an assisted living nor aging in place because it becomes impossible. So that's something that we're really definitely going to have another couple of podcasts about. Lois, we need you to find us a hotel that has yes. gone out of business, okay? Yes. We're going to put a group together, and we're going to buy a hotel. We're going to all move in, and we're going to take care of each other. Sounds it, good. It, it doesn't that sound like a plan? It we does. talk about that all the time with my friends. Right. That's, this is yeah, this is a very nice. big mm -hmm. topic among friends. Yes. It is a very costly topic. Also, it depends where you are financially yes. as far as what your next move is really going to be. Mm -hmm. So I think it would definitely be important for us to have a podcast where we really deal with some innovative solutions, um, some ingenious and innovative solutions to that kind of question. Because as you look at, as we've read about women around the world, women do take care of each other. There's a group of women in Japan that have been there. They're all have reached their 100th birthday. They've all been friends since they were in kindergarten <laughs> and they take care of each other. Nobody's in assistant living. They're still living in their same village, in their, in their same homes, and they take care of each other. And then it takes a village. Absolutely. And so we do need to consider. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure sitting with the three of you today and learning about your journey. And welcome to, to um, Tucson. And I'm glad that you're down here so that we can all just be friends and look out for each other. And now we'd like to hear from our listeners. So we have a Facebook page. We'd like to know what some of your concerns are, both about relocation at one stage of life, and then what your thoughts are about aging in place and the future that we often don't want to think about, but we need to. So please stay in touch with us and let us know your concerns. We're going to give you good information and... And we are going to do a part two of this segment. And B.B. Peters will be here with us for part two. She's, she's going to tell us about her story and how she relocated. She's relo You've relocated a lot around this country, haven't Quite you? Quite a bit of time and the world as well, yes. So you'll hear her story. And then we are going to have a young woman who just moved to Tucson from New York. And Jessie's going to tell us her story and how, how easy or difficult it was for her to adjust at, at her tender age. We thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.